Welcome to the Heart of Soul podcast, an exploration of who you are, what you are, and why you are, offering new ways to investigate age-old questions at the heart of you. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. In today's episode, we continue the creation relationality thread with some key principles that underlie working with chakras, the difference between energy and ichor, how love has no opposite, how the notion that everything is energy is limited, and more on how the third eye works, as well as identity's revision to the common phrase, let go, let love. I remind you, as always, to please listen to this podcast from the beginning and in order. Thanks so much for listening. Well, greetings and welcome, everybody. Episode 41. I've always liked the number 41. Hmm. Uh, I was just saying to Stace before we before I hit the record button. Now, can I remember it? Now is the question. It was only thirty seconds ago. Um, about um, well, I'll just have to regenerate it because it's in me. It's my experience, so I should be able to refine it. Oh yeah, the feeling of um, a chaotic kind of falling forward in my experience, um, and that it feels like there's as there's more of me in the pre-dual not place and more of me in the creation relational allness place, it seems like there's less me than ever to be doing my dualistic life. And there's <laughs> yeah. a mistrust in me like that even like, is that okay? It doesn't like seem like that's fair somehow, sort of like only having one foot on the soccer field or something like can i do that will it work <laughs> it feels very chaotic like i'm not bringing all of my resources to my life um and it's um but the weird thing about it is it's oddly enlivening <laughs> it feels alive but uncontrolled and kind of emotional sometimes um anger coming up or just intense anxiety about mm -hmm. nothing in particular. And um, so I was sharing these kinds of things and Stace said all that is a perfect entree to what we're talking about today. So I then, of course, had to. I was a victim then in that moment and had to speak to it. So where does that take us? Well, thank you, Joseph, uh, for the again, the self reveal. But what Joseph is talking about here might uh, seem incredible. Uh, to some uh, um, people in the audience listening, because he's talking about a simultaneous uh, uh, um, aspection of himself in three different zones at the same time. In other words, uh, the pre-dual or non-dual would uh, paradigmist would say that's impossible. You couldn't <laughs> be in the uh, pre-dual non-dual and still have anything of personal or universal left in you, mm -hmm. uh, right? But he and and someone who's operating out of third eye, which imparts uh, more of a universal one universality uh, to everything that can be included uh, in your information stream and inform what it means to be a human being. Um, when that uh, usually fills the space that also squeezes out the personal, and most of the time universality paradigmists uh, don't include the non-dual in their in their picture of things. And last but not least, the personal domain, uh, if you're not into spirituality at all or, or, or a beginner in it, um, the idea that um, the, the other two dynamics 
crowding out the personal might make sense to you, uh, but the actually the experience of it is is strangely like Joseph just said, oddly enlivening. And we just finished up his uh, little intro by saying, look, what, in a sense, it couldn't help but be enlivening because look what it's being enlivened by. Deeper coarctations of spirit oh, and soul. But if the spiritual stuff I was doing was were transcendent, yes, then yeah. it would result in less enlivening and I would be heading toward a more... Uh, um, even keel kind of uh, standards and master sort of personality instead of exactly. feeling like my life is chaotically falling apart when in content it's actually not but still it feels like it is because the impermanence of it is becoming revealed to me that always was the case and always will be so it's actually working better than ever but some part of me thinks it must not be because it's so chaotic because the control is unraveling as I well, go forward and Wow, you believe it or not, uh, you just added a fourth dimension <laughs> uh, to your, um, oh, someone might say, um, identity induced schizophrenia. Yeah. Uh, you have a, um, a, an old protective version of yourself, uh, befuddled and confused by how it could be anything but uh, um, orderly and, and non chaotic, even though it feels chaotic. So you just added a fourth dimension there, too, bud. Wow, you're a complex guy. <laughs> to be simultaneously simultaneously experiencing it and, oh, we could add another dimension, and able to articulate it beautifully. But when I'm talking, it doesn't even feel like I'm talking. It's so like it's like the words are falling out of me. I had this experience yesterday. I was talking to a client who said they did this uh, a meditation retreat, uh, did some inquiry. And, they, and I said, and then had this experience of basically a uh, um, dualistic meaning falling out of their uh, their life. And mm -hmm. I was trying to make a connection between the kind of inquiry he was doing and the result. Like, why would one precipitate the other? And I couldn't make the connection at all. And then I said, well, I can't make a connection between A and B. And just as I said that, the connection appeared. And it yeah. was so disorienting and weird because I was thinking really hard about it. Like, what's the connection? What's the connection? What's the, I guess I don't know what the connection is. And then when it, right when I said it out loud, it was like the connection was made. And it was like, whoa, that was, I mean, it was really disorienting and disturbing. But I guess because some part was like, wait, I want to get to make the connection. <laughs> and I couldn't. And like that part was like, I surrender, I can't. And then it's like, okay, here you go. Well, and look, then that look, part look, I can hear his look. voice like, I can't live like this. And it's like, <laughs> Actually, I am. <laughs> well, look, look, look how this fits in perfectly. As soon the, the soul version, your soul eye had to await uh, the um, mind eyes uh, giving up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then as soon as the mind eye gave up, the soul eye says, oh, whew, I've got room to express it. Now. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. I was like, I literally had went from no idea to it making perfect sense. It was yeah. Interesting, huh? Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I have to that, keep remembering that this is what I chose to be this disorienting, <laughs> right? Oh, this is actually really good news. <laughs> oh, Joseph, you are impossible not to both love and respect. Impossible, sorry. Well, I find it impossible. All right. Well, let's pick up what kind of uh, where we left off. 
even though the topic we're talking about is seamless, um, our discussion of it did have a seam at the end. Mm. I'd like to talk a little bit more about what we uh, spoke of last time as I-Core. Um, it's an important concept in creation, relational spirituality, in uh, in in identity. Maybe uh, not an imp- not an important, but the central pivot of of how, what makes identity's version of this segment of spirituality so different than others. So uh, to reiterate what we said last time, uh, despite what the dancing Wu Li masters from the 70s, remember them? Yeah, remember them? Uh, And how they co-signed the uh, paradigm of modern uh, astrophysics and uh, also of non-dualism that were all made of energy, basically. Uh, and, And since that time, we basically live in a planet who's got a worldwide conditioning that we're really just made of energy. And so identity steps in and says, that was fine for previous uh, chapters of our, our species evolution, but actually all along there has been something that energy is made of, all forms of energy, even quantum foam, all the way down to Bose-Einstein condensates uh, mm-hmm. in that whole quant- quantum world. Uh, and that is what, what identity calls icor, or uh, which was a is a play on the word icor just with an I uh, from uh, I believe it's ancient Norse teachings is the blood of the gods icor. Uh, I think it was really though now that I remember my history, uh, I think it was really meant uh, to to describe mead or some form of alcoholic drink that they decided was so good it's like tastes like the blood of the gods but i could be well, just like uh, chocolate is theobroma food of the gods yeah yes oh a good one yeah so uh we throw in an e uh, for kicks and giggles like we said last time um, e-i-c-h-o-r icor um icor is the one way, one reason why love has been so difficult for humans to define. Because love is not a thing. You could argue that love is an energy compared to fear that's an energy. You you could say that, but that's not the love that is at the core source of everything. That's just our experience of it. So our experience of love can sometimes feel like the opposite of fear. But this, the real love that we're talking about here has no opposite. Uh, it's uh, The love we're talking about that's the opposite of fear is the way we experience it. But there's something upstream of the way we experience it that uh, causes us to stumble around and uh, and be able to define love as it's on its own without comparison, dualistic comparison. Icor literally, uh, you, all the great teachers, of course, have said that uh, God is love. But there's a ramification of that if you uh, go a little further in. And what it's actually made of is ICOR, which is the source of what we call love. It's so beyond our ability to define, you just have to kind of um, accept that you've got to experience it such as it is, such as it is, because it precludes our experience of it. Its existence exists before we can feel it. Um, But it is the cosmic glue. It is the love that divine being is made of, that found itself made of this stuff, um, and that's it. And everything else, including energy, is made of I-Core. 
And this is the ramification identity extends for the old time picture that God is love. God is ichoric. Uh, it's, uh, we could say it if you want to get metaphysical, which I sometimes, you know me, like to do. Uh, <laughs> well, we were, we're the car talk guys of metaphysics. So there you go. Uh, let's go there. Icor is the emo. Ready? Ready for this? Well, no? I'm ready to uh, down. <laughs> uh, Icor is the emogenic ontogene and glue of everything. And glue? Ontogene yes. and glue? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's the source and that which uh, um, animate animates everything and binds everything together. It's got a dual uh, purpose that way. It, it animates everything and it, it binds everything. That's i -Core. The reason this is important, it's not just a fun metaphysical thing. Um, it's it's that, that unless you get under energy, you're going to be working with downstream effects. In other words, in terms of our essence, form, and expression that we talked about last time, mm -hmm. the essence is I-core. You could say the form is energy, and the expression is matter. If we want to go to a physics domain, I-core, energy, matter, right? But you could also say, you could start a little further upstream and say I-core, quantum reality, then energy. You see, you can, the yeah. three, uh, I, uh, um, essence, form, and expression can 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 be placed at any one, any uh, spot on the causal chain, uh, uh, however you want to do that. So the reason this is important is that, as we talked last time about um, raising vibrations and how silly that is in ascension dynamics to emotional spiritual growth instead of descension, uh, uh, descendant uh, um, dynamics, is that as Einstein said, you can't solve a problem at the same level at which the problem was created. You've got to get under it or over it or meta to it or whatever. And this is the case here. You can't heal bad energy with good energy because the bottom line quotient is it's all energy. And all you're doing is, in a sense, washing clothes in dirty water. In other words, you, you, can't, you can't solve bad energy at the same level that good energy is, except they will get around that most energy folks and say, well, it's a different, it's a different vibration. It's a different frequency. And the one frequency can offset the other frequency. And that boy, that sounds good. But that's <laughs> it. That's at the level of form though, uh -huh. right? Downstream to energy is good energy or bad energy, high frequency energy or low frequency. Well, energy. and in a more tangible example um, that uh, people do that with thoughts, right? It's like uh -huh. they have some thoughts that are troubling them and mm -hmm. their CBT therapist says, well, think about it this way instead. <laughs> yes. Try these thoughts. Oh, well, that's way better. And yes. it does make a difference, <laughs> but it's, it's fighting fire with fire. It's still at the level of thought. So right. it can improve things, but you're solving a problem at the same level where the problem exists, so it's going to be limited. Exactly right. Uh, and unfortunately, something like that, I had a discussion a long time ago. Someone's, I used that similar metaphor, fire with fire, which doesn't work. <clears throat> he said, well, why does it stop forest fires then? You know, when they back, when they back fire, uh, uh, a fire line, yeah. you know, and it's so not that the fire, fire doing that, it's the absence of the oxygen that does that. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly, oh, uh, that's exactly what I told them. That's not the fire. See? 
So, so yeah. that was beautifully said, what you just um, uh, offered there, because you, you literally, just because good energy is one frequency and bad energy is another, that's just, sec those are two, good and bad are higher frequency and lower frequencies of energy are just adjectives to the noun of energy. And you can't just uh, offset one adjective with another adjective. Yeah, because actually, adjective. with that fire metaphor, the the backfire deprives the the bad fire of oxygen, and that is going contextual to the fire, right? That yes. is going one order of magnitude uh, below it, it, it or above it. Yeah, and you could add, you could also add that it 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 robs the advancing fire line of something to burn fuel, right? Yeah, right. So it, the fuel. It, it goes con contextual to the fire, and it doesn't fight yes. the fire with fire. It's like um, it's like starving an army. We're not going to fight them. We're just going to cut their supply lines off. You know, it's a sure. same kind of thing. Exactly. So Icor is where everything, every buck stops here, there. <laughs> every so, buck stops at Icor. Is what's a uh, distinction between Icor and the divine? Is it is Icor the divine? Or the, is it made of the divine or what? Well, um, this is a question that you should ask a divine being. Uh, uh -huh. I'm just a progeny. But my best guess at that answer is that it's the difference between um, structure and quality. Mm. Uh, right? The quality of divine being structure is ichoric. So it's it's got a self-aware uh, aspect or dimension to it. And that self-awareness is made of Icor too, just like its being in some way is made of it. So humanly, from our human limitations, that's the best I can do. Um, and it doesn't really matter, but it's a, a reasonable question to ask. And in this case, 35% of it is unanswerable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, we're too much and it's the fish trying to understand the nature of water. It's just exactly right. so we, far. We're, we're, we're progeny of the divine. Uh, it may not be omniscient, but <laughs> but what it knows compared to what we know uh, cannot be even put into words uh, in any language. So the idea here is that um, I-Core, which you can self-validate, exists. You can, you can learn to feel it, but you can only feel it such as it is with um, your third eye. Um, and, and, and that third eye, of course, is the mediator of what we've been calling ESP, extrasensory perception. But um, identity changes the, the the three letters, that initialism to emoto spiritual phenomena. ESP, emoto spiritual phenomena. Cool. Uh, so in, the, in that sense, um, uh, you need an activated third eye, not just, we'll get to that in a moment, an activated third eye to experience and self-validate for yourself the um, the uh, nature and reality of Icor. Icor gets un because it's under energy. Only Icor can alter the frequency of energy. You can offset, like we've said, like your metaphor was too, offset positive thoughts and negative thoughts. You can offset uh, low frequency energy with high frequency energy. But all that does is uh, mix it in a bowl, and the bowl that's holding it is Icor. That whole thing. Oh, that's a really cool metaphor. That's sort of like if you've got uh, too much salt in your pasta, you can add more pasta yes. and dilute the salt a little bit, but you're not actually addressing the salt. You're just sort of managing the situation. Uh, well said. Wow. And it's also a very good um, uh, metaphor in Zen 
my my old Zen teacher uh, used to say something like, um, "It's uh, it, 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 the white. How can you separate the whiteness of rice from the rice?" <laughs> <laughs> and, you see, and so that was that's a pre-dual, non-dual version of the same question of is is God made of <laughs> ichor or what? You know, it's how do you distinguish between the white of rice and rice, uh, unless that. it's brown rice, of course. <laughs> right. So he somebody was trying to um, nitpick him and was felt triumphant and asking the question. I can't remember what it was, but one of the seekers thought he was really going to stump the master. Uh, and get him into a dualistic split. Uh -huh. <laughs> he just handed him back a complete non-dual mediated answer. It was beautiful. So um, without ICOR, all you can do is wash your clothes with um, uh, water without detergent is another way of saying it. Um, so all the energy healers out here, this has huge ramifications, ICOR, because it, it, all the healing uh, energies that are going out there in energy workers or, or healing uh, energy healers, 99% of it is um, just energy at the level of energy. And offsetting energy works for about 75% of the planet or two thirds, you know, um, that's all that's the best that they can do. But again, when you've been around the block more than 350 or 400 lifetimes since for the last 130,000 years, um, that's not going to work. So if you happen to be an elder soul, uh, offsetting adjectives in uh in this uh, made of the same dynamic are not going to work um, and that's another that's another really tricky wrinkle there because uh, a lot of people are experiencing the benefits and it's working quite well for them doing their yes. energetic offsets and so they right. might say well so it's working for me just fine so mm -hmm. um you know I, I don't accept this and we would say well it's working for you this life just fine but yes. next year, next decade, and or next life, you may find that it's not, and that's why it's important to know this because there's the you you you're going to dead dead end it, and your soul will hold you accountable to that dead end and cause it to stop working for you. And I've seen this with a lot of people, where yes. some something's working, it works as long as it works, but right. you're better off being ahead of the game when it stops. It, it's a really great point um, because even though it might not be. Um, actually experienceable what identity is offering a younger soul. Wouldn't you want to know ahead of time that there are limits to the thing you think is the final answer? That just, <laughs> just, just that, yes. just that would be help might save who knows five whole lifetimes yeah. where, yeah. where you, you, you have to have a certain disasters to bring this forward for you. So it, it it's a really interesting point. Um, again, we say this a lot about identity, right, Joseph, uh, that um, uh, all the other younger souls and middle-aged souls have services and institutions that, that, that can serve them. But for elder souls, uh, about 15%, 12 to 15% of the population, which is still uh, 800 million or so uh, uh, people on the planet, uh, that 10, 12 to 15% is, um, is quite a lot of folks who are going to be underserved by the status quo institutions and services available out there. So um, identity is aimed for that that demographic, as we said so many times, that's underserved, but it's not elitist or it doesn't say it only serves elder souls as we just beautiful example um, you, you just made there that, uh, that we can, if there's something to offer younger souls to. 
And that that argument is a lovely one too, isn't it? Well, it's working, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, that's like saying, um, okay, uh, let's say you were uh, you took a big tumble on the weekend while you were skiing, and every bone hurts, right? But you've got a big meeting at work the next day, and you just load up with Advil both to address the um, inflammation and to break a, a, help the pain. Okay, all of a sudden you feel pretty good, and then you go to work. It works. It yeah. works. But the uh, the Advil is going to wear off. It doesn't touch the fact that you've got a ton of lactic acid and sore and stretched tendons. Maybe you took a tumble or two down the bunny slope, and uh, and and so uh, saying that it works is a pretty poor excuse for the deeper being of what really is. What really is? And yeah, it's not a truth is- orientation. I mean, for a very long time, slavery was working. Yes, right. it was a brilliant right. economic solution. Like, well, there's a lot of stuff to be done here. Let's conquer right. these other people who look different than us and enslave them, and then we'll solve all of our labor problems. And um, right, with no no care about the impact on those who were enslaved. Yeah, so that was working for a really long time. So whenever I hear someone saying, "Well, I'm a grounded kind of practical person, and it's working," and I'm not going to why why screw with something that's working. Well, um, that's certainly a, a younger middle age point of view. Um, but one day soon, and like Joseph just said, soon might be sooner than you know. Uh, yeah. You may have a disaster that will show to you that your time honored adage that you tell yourself, it, well, it's working, um, no longer works. And wouldn't you want to have something in your back pocket, not your front pocket? And oh, what did identity say about that? I better look it up again. So that's, yeah. we, we feel we're making a positive contribution it's, to everyone. It's so difficult to, I've, I've, I see this when I work with businesses a lot, um, where the, especially when the business, I worked with a business once that was funded privately and it wasn't showing a profit and that was okay because they kept pouring money into it. And every time they had a problem, they just threw another body at it. So they had, you know, uh, 200 employees <laughs> when really the work should have been getting done with just a hundred. And they just kept burning cash and burning cash and burning cash because they didn't want to deal with the accountability and management problems. And um, so they didn't experience yeah. the pain. So mm-hmm. why, why why go through the discomfort of learning how to manage and hold people accountable when you can just keep throwing more money at it and eventually oh, the right. business went out of business? Yeah. Um, so it's predictably so by predictably that yeah and um, so it's like I think we're we're all doing this and and I think it's so. It's, it really bears highlighting the the just because it's working doesn't mean it's true. And yes. today's success can be tomorrow's failure really quickly. Um, yes. And so a, a mature person isn't interested in what works. They're interested in what's real. Yes. And what's That's true. Right. And uh, just because it's working doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day. Yes, absolutely right. And identity is is pivots on the principle we're talking about here, uh, which is why it says it's not about being happy. It's yes. not about being sad. It's about feeling real, not mm-hmm. feeling happy, not feeling sad, but feeling real. Whichever side of the coin, the unfolding you comes through at any moment. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, the point let's let's link this now. Um, I-Core, uh, because i is you can only be experienced such as it is, not with any um, uh, mind-based uh, or uh, cognitive uh, faculty, or any machine that the mind can engineer. Then you've got to sense it, and sensing it behind below energy 
is a side effect of actually shaking the hands that it doesn't have with divine being. Um, having Learning how to have divine being as a lively companion of your life, uh, not just believing in it a la a religious point of view. So once you, if you ever encounter a divine being, that's the only reason I know about ICOR is that the, the such as it is bandwidth of being that it is wasn't energetic. It, it, it had an energetic presence, but its essence upstream of its present expressed presence or its form presence, whatever you'd like to say, um, uh, was something different. And when I kept such as it ising <laughs> with it uh, and letting and trying to get absorbed into it and let it be absorbed into me, um, what popped in my head, oh, it's ICOR, it's what love is, what energy is made of. And that means uh, it's what everything is made of, which is why it's also binding uh, everything at the same time that it animates everything. So you could just say divine being animates and binds everything, sure. But what's divine being made of? And so once I once I asked it um, after I got this all formulation out of out of fourth chakra and and, si and sixth chakra, I checked in with it and it said, "Well, that's good enough for humans. Yeah, that'll get you moving forward with things." So uh, it's really laid back about uh, definitiveness. Uh, it's this term. It, it, it responds to everything in uh, in patterns. Uh, uh, is the pattern productive or is the pattern unproductive? Not the what the pro what the pattern is causing in terms of happiness or sadness or disaster or success it's a pattern pattern uh, oh, dynamic because it's now is so big it has this enormous meta yeah yes. that makes sense it doesn't so, do just content specificity no no um uh, it leaves that to us to figure out mm -hmm. like why does allow evil god allow evil in the world well it doesn't we do uh mm -hmm. you know we do and so same principle behind that so anyway you can't sense icor um, unless you have third eye activation and, or sixth chakra activation. So I'd like to talk a little, little bit about um, uh, um, the third eye and how it works. Uh, let's say, let's go start with personal and then we'll go to more meta for a change. Uh, people who are, are born with gifts in, in the third eye domain suffer terribly, even if they don't know they're suffering. Because to be born with an open third eye or partially open third eye, your soul frequencies are not going to match any parent or society that isn't also equally endowed. In other words, there's going to be a disconnect between your soul frequencies and the frequencies of mommy and daddy who don't believe in such woo-woo nonsense, right? And if you start, if you are born with that, you're going to sense, not know, you're going to sense the dissonance. And that dissonance plays out practically is that if you have such a differing soul frequency, you're going to need a different frequency of love, heart nourishment from the parents. And they will not be able to provide it for you. They can love you like throwing water, uh, uh, soak, making you soaking wet, pouring love all over you and just cherish the hell out of you. But the love we're talking about the children need is like uh, drinking water, not 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 swimming in it. Uh, parents tend to create dynamics where they help children swim in a love vibe that the, the love of them is so big. But that's not what children need. It, they need um, uh, frequencies 
from the parents that match or resonate at least uh, with like a C and G chord resonate. Uh, you'd uh, they, they have to be at least resonative and best uh, equaled uh, to the soul frequencies of the child so endowed at birth. So in that sense, uh, the rupture that happens is that without even uh, such a person even knowing they have the gifts, it's a frequency um, dissonance thing that uh, they will, um, the pain of that stays underground a lot, or maybe it doesn't, but either in either case, what happens is that it's too painful to be, and I'm going to make a noise on my desk here, it's too painful to be here because the parents were our first community. The parents were the first examples of relational space. And if parents create a relational space at their frequency that doesn't match or doesn't resonate with a child who has these gifts, then what happens in that is that uh, the first encounter with relational space is going to be a rupture. It's not going to be an interlacement or an, an, an enmeshing and resonating with each other, the two field dynamics or the three with two parents. So there's a rupture with relational space, which means there's a rush, a rupture with human beings who have do not have such a gift array. And what happens is that rupture is whether or not it's registered or not is really deep. And there's an elegant solution, though. What happens then is the, the child grows up to be a person, uh, an adult, teenager, an adult, who is operating on, on third eye, six chakra frequencies as a way to keep the pain of the rupture with humanity at arm's length. In other words, they will go meta and be looking through third eye and create relationality based on third eye. The protector will jump in and use it to be alert for dangers ahead, mm -hmm. micro read people's uh, facial expressions and um, and say something uh, that doesn't provoke uh, rejection, or just as standard keeping humanity at bay because the other side of the relational uh, interface was ruptured in the imprint with the first relational space, which was conditioned to be um, dissonant, not resonant. And the children will retreat into their minds in the same way. It's just if the person oh, yes, has the sure. third eye gift, then the, they're going to use that gift as a form of protection, just like they could yeah. use the mind. Absolutely. And so identity has a wonderful um, way to help people recover uh, because we get a lot of people drawn to identity because their third eye tells them, I don't understand this shit, but something about it calls me to it. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to understand all the metaphysics, soup to nuts uh, kind of thing that um, that, uh, that identity offers. That's for metaphysical maniacs like Joseph and I, <laughs> and, and, and a certain percentage of people too. Sure. But it's so wonderful, uh, even if you're not into that, you'll get educated in a way that will change your life. Um, even people who have said that uh, identity isn't for them, uh, benefited as being one of the, some of the most most the best educated folks on the planet who have moved on away from identity and whatever they do in that in this domain of emoto spirituality they excel at mm -hmm. but I don't we don't often get thanks from such people we only get vituperation so the the whole point of this is that icor is only discernible through third eye. Third eye is something people are born with and identity has got a little protocol now. Uh, that will allow people to both activate it um, if they don't have it um, 
act, uh, deepen it if they do have it, but not sure they 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 um, they, they have it. And in our case, we just said um, help people recover who were born with this gift um, that uh, 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 never know, never use fourth chakra to animate their relational space. They use use sixth chakra. Two, four, two, four, and six are yin um, uh, uh, chakra structures, and and uh, so it's an easy thing to do for a person gifted in yinic, inward flowing fourth, a uh, sixth chakra uh, stream and streamed information, as opposed to fours, because four, if you start animating relational space with four instead of six, what happens is uh, you've got to get vulnerable. Um, and you've sometimes mentioned that the uh, the difference between the top and the bottom of the fourth chakra isn't the top of fourth chakra can be another way. Correct me if I'm wrong. That third eye open people can approximate relationality and feel like it's coming from their heart or it heart related, but it's actually not personal. <coughs> uh, other paradigms I, I saw just the other day. Funny you say that. Where another chakra paradigm has a top middle and bottom uh -huh. to um to the fourth chakra i i don't see that but i get it i get why they say that because exactly as you said most people don't know that they're not third eye activated people don't know they're not coming from heart right they just don't know and but i i i i, I um uh explain that from from how it feels to me that they're both yinny empathic chakras ah, okay as opposed to locating a top and bottom to it so wait are you uh, saying that you can feel something in your chest but it's actually the sixth chakra that's operating and it's not yes that whoa yes yes okay. because you're this can get re really confusing especially with the word feel yeah right because you you can feel a feeling um but and you can also feel what we call a core emotion. So the word feeling, there's really sensing and feeling. There's really only two words I've looked in a lot of uh, um, uh, thesaurus uh, uh, to see if I could get a, another synonym for feel, but there isn't one, at least in English. So in that sense, uh, what you feel, you're feeling when when you feel it feels like you're feeling. Oh, it must be in four. Wait, wait. Well, oh no, but I feel it in my chest. I believe you are feeling it in your chest, but the source of the information that causes you to feel is coming in through your third eye, not through your fourth your fourth chakra. Uh, it's See, so sixth chakra, it's third eye mediated. Yes, and then a yes. secondary heart reaction to that. Right, and that secondary heart uh, and uh, heart reaction can be compelling. Really, I know I, I'm speaking from experience here. So compelling. You think you're, oh, I'm such a heartful person. Wait a minute. Because if if the information stream is solely or mostly utilized or mediated by sixth chakra, you have something between you and that other that's not vulnerable. It creates a, a wall, uh, not a, that's a too strong a word, but when you feel something in four that comes through four, you are vulnerabilized. You are disempowered of, of artificial resistance.
Um, there's a very distinct uh, frequency bandwidth of straight four that I only learned how to do when I stopped st relating to the world through third eye. I have a profound gift in all of the five dimensions we talked about last time. I have all five. And that mediated my relationship with reality because even though my mother was a bit psychic, uh, my gift, um, uh, hers was like a kindergarten version, but I found a little bit of nourishment with it. So when you have that big a gift, I, I've just used third eye to um, mediate my relationship with people and reality. And so learning the difference of the two is something identity has some now has some real experience with and can help people discern. Because while you're in third eye zone, uh, you are not a vulnerable person in relational space, no matter how sensitive or kind you are. Third eye is empathetic, just like fourth chakra is empathetic. Um, so it can get really confusing, which is what and when is where with uh, those two yin chakras. So um, also, let's use a, a little more dense example. Two is also a, um, uh, a, yin, a yin chakra structure. So what happens is um, you can take in, um, let's say, we'll go sexual, uh, the sexual creative in, in two. You can be you can be taking sexual information into two, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you have an Audi genital or an any genital, doesn't matter. Even for men, two is a, an any chakral structure. You can take sexual information in two, um, feel like in your heart drawn uh, to want to um, act on that sexual energy. And then third eye, look ahead and see, here's the best way I can get in this person's bed. Uh, and and there, there's third eye being used as a strategy because you can see ahead, you can sense with micro readings of the person's soul field, what they like and what they don't like. Um, you know, I, I never had anyone um, teach me to be good in bed, but third eye <laughs> told me everything I needed to know uh, to what would make for a successful sexual union moment. So in that case, it gets really sticky. You've got all three yinic chakras operating at that same moment. Which one is causal uh, to the uh, to the eventual interaction? Yeah, right? I remember in my 20s, uh, I uh, had this kind of... Um, well, it was a really unhealthy pattern where I would be attracted to women and thought that meant I had emotional love yes. for them. Right. And I, th I think probably every guy or almost every guy, but I had really had this a lot where it was, um, I felt something in two and then I felt something in four, two, four also, but right. it wasn't actually in four. It was That's just right. two sort of splashing over into four. <laughs> That's a splashing into three, <laughs> so actually. To speak, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and then after, and I would know after a certain amount of sexual experience, suddenly I wasn't so interested in them anymore. And then the, the four feeling went away and then I would be all yes. confused. Like, oh, I thought I really liked this person. And actually I don't. Um, no. It's because I had a preponderance of testosterone that was making me think that. Yes, mediated by an any kind of uh, uh, um, chakra. So this is what's crazy making. Uh, women tend to, a, a healthier woman, because of her yin dynamisms uh, more than yang dy dynamisms in, in her being, will be moved in the heart more often first, mm -hmm. and then that activates too. Whereas a yang-based being like you and I, uh, we are beset with the extra uh, challenge of 
most of the time getting uh, uh, interested through two and then secondarily learning to um, uh, retrofit or arise a, 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 an empathic connection with this person. So uh, I, I, like you, like most men, I was, just, I was like that at first too, but not for very long. After my first sexual interaction, which was turned out fine, but so empty because um, I thought, I, just like you, I felt something here. But as soon as the sexuality was um, sated, for both of us at the same time, it was quite, quite nice. Um, I realized uh, this is, I didn't feel a connect with this person, yet I was connecting my genitals with this person. And this is all identity wants to bring to the table in that domain is uh, uh, sexual genital connection should follow fourth chakra uh, connection. Women have are healthier that way. We're, 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 we are slave to our dumb sticks in some ways. Uh, uh, in that way, and as a procreative urge, um, but still, uh, that doesn't mean just because uh, we have that, that that's the, actually the more senior, mature thing to do. And so if I, if I in my past too, if I was sexually attracted through two, I secondarily felt some connect, but the connect was only through two, I didn't know at the time. And then if I acted on it, to repeat, my third eye could um, absolutely read out what this woman needed and wanted, what I needed and wanted, and found a way to mesh the two. So this is all of this, the, what I just described there as my pattern, actually didn't allow me to be vulnerable. Mm. The, my previous my previous persona that, that ran my being, Daniel, um, he, he absolutely ran on third eye dynamics to keep him distant and authoritative to everyone. And here's the other kicker about third eye-based relationality, Joseph. It robs you of feeling the, your impact on them, on people. Mm. This is what Daniel my, could not ever um, do. He would acknowledge energetically that what he just did pulled the rug out from someone's self-authority, but he couldn't feel the emotive impact on that because he was mediating all relationship through his third eye. So the difference that I can really claim I'm not Daniel anymore is that I've learned, thank God for Bree. Bree came up with a couple of different ways, um, one main way to change that whole situation. And it's counterintuitive. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the point here is, is that two, four, and six can be really uh, um, uh, janky to try to understand causational dynamics because they're all, all three of them are yin-based chakras that take in information. Is there an equivalent confusion for the Audi chakras, one, three, five, seven? Well, not, not as much mm -hmm. because one, three, five, and seven act on what two, four, and six information are taking in. They're yeah. secondary. Yeah. Just, just like all men and women come out of women, Yes, secondary first. to women yeah. um, two four and six leads the charge of information and then one three five and seven actuates our, our forms and expressions so they're they're more uh, yangic and like <laughs> like us uh, not just um, uh, into activation and expression more than essence whereas yin is more in in our receiving of essence, essential information that then the yang chakras act on, our connection to the earth, 
our personal power in three and our will in five. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a, uh, the study of chakras becomes a really interesting and powerful way. I was just talking with um, someone uh, this morning uh, that, you know, uh, um, uh, Joseph and, and the idea is that we've only had one track to help people become aware of the unconscious really and that's that ebe personhood track mm -hmm. uh it's 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 built and conceived and processed as a proactive exploration of the unconscious without any hypnosis without any word associations um it's a completely new way of getting at the unconscious but there's now there's another way um to get at the unconscious it's a little more downstream than the essential way that ebe does it but but it's chakral breathing um, using the chakras to breathe, connecting chakral activity with the breath will alert you to blocks in your system, energetic blocks, emoto-energetic blocks in your system that need attention. As a, a, In other words, you can get an early warning canary in the coal mine kind of um, uh, uh, alert, alert, alert to you've got an issue with vulnerability um if uh if your if your second chakra and your um fourth chakra uh, are being uh driven by your sixth chakra you are you can feel some impedance uh in two and four if you're if you're if you're dominating if your thir third eye is dominating relational space you can learn to to sense blockages in chakra functions to alert you ahead of time what you need to work on, for example, in EBE. So it, also for people who can't do the depth work um, or are not in their lifetime ready to do that, um, when I get done with this um, uh, chakral structure um, uh, analysis and I bake with it a little more, we're going to, uh, we can offer it as another way to get an unconscious material hmm. uh, that supplements, not only supplements EBE, but can can act as another way for people uh, linking the themes of, of the chakras, each of the, sh the themes with what's going on in their life and breathing exercises through these chakra channels will give information that will take a person into meta and be able to look at themselves in ways that their unconscious issues wouldn't let them see before. Hmm. Really interesting stuff. Uh, yeah. Sure. When uh, when that all gets incubated, which will be in the next six months, um, maybe we'll do a separate uh, podcast just on chakra breathing and what it what it does. Yeah, but we we can't leave chakras though until we mention the thirteenth chakra, which yes. is technically the thirteenth and fourteenth pinwheels uh -huh. in the in the thirteenth um, uh, chakra pinwheel. In other words, we said last time we've got. Uh, six chakral structures, and at each end of the chakral structural tube is a pinwheel, colorful, colorful pinwheel. We call we've been call calling the chakras, and uh, just as of 2012, which just celebrated, by the way, its 10 year anniversary uh, mm -hmm. two days ago, uh, December 21st, 2012, December 21st, 2022. Some of us had a little toast uh, to it. Uh, May the yin force be with you. you know? <laughs> uh, and so, uh, no, I'm not a, a Star Wars nerd. I'm really not. I'm not. But I, I couldn't resist. Yeah. yeah. Are you? Oh, I didn't. Sure. I didn't know that. Are well, you? Oh. Was, that was what got me into spirituality. I, I wanted to find Yoda. I just didn't oh. know it would be you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 
Empire Strikes Back was 79. Yeah, so I was uh, uh, five years old. Yeah, that was when yeah. I knew I wanted to become a Jedi. Well, difficult uh, might that be. <laughs> uh, Yoda talk. You might yes. be choosing, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, he would always um, a, a do the object first in his sentencing. Mm -hmm sentences uh bad that can be yes you know and then i saw raiders of the lost ark and i wanted to be able to talk to god because that oh, was what the ark did you know oh yeah that's right sure and the, the not the melting nazi face that was yes. fun wasn't it? yeah right? classic so let's talk about 13th chakra since yeah. 2012 in sensitive men and um, more almost all women who are ready a 13th chakra pinwheel has opened up in what they would call the lower part of the fourth chakra mm -hmm. it's it's it, it's it's centered smack dab over the xiphoid process which is the bottom of the sternum and what this 13th um uh here's another thing that's come just recently uh, uh with my inner work that happened joseph about chakras is that um the, the 13th chakra i saw that first um was it's a smaller diameter than the um, the four, three to four to inch uh, diameter of all the other chakras. This one's only about two uh, inches uh, in diameter. And the reason why is that it overlaps three and four's boundary. Uh -huh. uh, my first iteration was of this was a sense of it was, oh, wait, it's got yangic and yinic um, capacities. What is that? Uh -huh. Technically, it's an another yinic a yin um, asp, uh, chakra structure, but since it overlaps um, four and three, uh, that that it's got some some sketchy kind of oscillation between yangic inner and yang, and uh, yang, yang, yinic inner and yangic outy to it. But what is so interesting about thirteen is why? What does that do? Think about it for a moment, Joseph. What what is a new link linking three and four? What's what's the net result that may, would make it easier for people to actuate and live with in their life if three and four were literally linked by a love based yinic uh, uh, chakra? It's an interesting thought. I've been chewing on it for a while. The best example, I, maybe you can come up with even a better one. The example is what if a, a person if they're in their personal power, which is a third chakra theme, uh, if they're in personal power, sometimes that personal power will obviate or disallow a fourth chakra um, reaction because they're in their third third uh, power. Mm -hmm. Other times, on the other side of the coin, a person may be really vulnerable and in love, and it disempowers their own personal power, a la codependence. Uh -huh. right? You see, and so what I'm starting to call thirteenth now is um, a codependent killer. Um, <laughs> well, what it does is is that it it mediates so that when you're in love, you don't um, uh, forego your personal power, and when you're in your personal power, doesn't mean you can't also be uh, vulnerable. It makes it easier to manage those two uh, very different dynamics that can sometimes uh, polarize. And uh, and cause a whole lot of arguments and 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 uh, struggles with couples uh, that um, uh, are, are maybe it's, now be easier. It's a self versus other diversifying chakra. Oh, nice. Say more about that. That's well, great. It, it it's you know for 
thousands of years, self versus other has been this, the center of spiritual, religious, philosophical conflict and trying to solve that. And you're saying mm -hmm. there's a structural place in us that is designed to mediate. Uh, um, well, and of course, love solves the self versus other problem because real love reveals that there is no self versus other. And yes. if you think of it as self versus other, you're not actually in reality. So that would be the... Uh, the, uh, not just a balancing, but a unifying of self and other. Unifying, yes. Thank you. But by linking it, unifying them, they automatically then will have more capacity to balance. It's not automatic, yeah. but um, I think we got a little uh, uh, extra gift from Divine Yin when it took over the Earth uh, in 2012, because what it does is allow a more gentle um, interplay between third power dynamic a uh, third third chakra self power uh, uh seat of power self seat of the self and three with transacting that uh, with others in four really interesting so that was a great i knew you'd have another way of describing it so we got a gift folks um 13th chakra <clears throat> so if you've if especially with women when this when even before third uh december 21st 2012 brie was having really large difficulties with the with the xiphoid process pain uh, that wound up being um, her own thirteenth chakra opening for the first time. It was really painful for her. We didn't know what it was until after twenty twelve, I, I believe, and we when we realized that that was the thirteenth chakra um, uh, arisement. She she started feeling it before any of us did that I know any that I know people. Mm -hmm. And so this became now, now with this new way of looking at the chakras, I can see that it uh, it unifies three and four in a way that could make relationality less codependent now. We've got a little step up to help us on that. And of course, the yin, yin divinity would be the source of wanting us to do that. Yeah. What about 14, the back? Is it qualitatively oh, yeah. different? Um, in a, not really. It's the same. It oscillates. It's, it's linked also. But what you've got there is a soul input. Uh -huh. A soul input into that's already got it worked out um, that self and other um, uh, dichotomy is a, is not only a lie but it's a male conditioning of mm -hmm. our of our soul. So it automatically comes from a balanced three uh, three and four. So the fourteen in the back will support from soul how to translate that dynamic into human interaction. So <clears throat> that's why I think it's got. It oscillates occasionally between yin and yang, inies and outies, and in, in, in communicating with the front end of its little tube that mm -hmm. way. So, um, had to talk about 13 chakra a bit. Yeah, of course. I was wondering about that last time. So, we, we also, um, well, let's talk about chakra bodies for a few moments. Mm -hmm. um, we're, and we're covering all the topics here for, that I had in mind for today. Uh, another thing that a lot of chakra, um, um, paradigms don't include is what was always baffling to me because since I was a kid I could see uh, these um, uh, layers, colorful layers that move out that, in, that inside of which the body exists, the body precipitates. And for each chakra, we have a chakral body that goes out about six, four to six inches away from outward from the body. Remember that the body is in the soul as a precipitate inside um, the soul. 
that you can set you can look at the soul as segmented in all these chakra as all these chakra bodies the physical body is the first body then the second body which is four to six inches outward from that corresponds to the theme of the second chakra third another four to six out with the third chakra theme etc 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 and this creates a, a, a multi-layered uh, rainbow soul that's the soul that's your soul and it's mediated um, through chakra um, uh, dynamics how the body works with the soul at all times we just haven't been conscious of it and this is why this new chakra breathing stuff takes advantage of of actually utilizing the structure that's been there all this time and described in some really accurate ways but not how to use them for emotional spiritual growth and that's what identity is going to wind up offering here so the chakra bodies are really important because when it comes to healing uh, a regular chakra energy healer may see oh second uh, third chakra is um is uh, is um moving and not moving moving and not moving there's some disturbance in there and then try to rotate or do whatever it wants to do um, with the with the shot what the healer wants to do with the chakra to clear it of its dissonance whatever that is but there's that that only takes care of of, of um uh, the uh, the most apparent version if there's a, a problem in third chakra that the dissonance you're going to see a mass in the third chakra body over perhaps another chakra for example if you've got if you've got um, an issue between uh, personal power uh, outshining vulnerability in four uh, so you've got you've got an extra stone let's say in the third chakra body that chakra body's stone would be over the fourth chakra of the first body in other words think of someone laying down Mm -hmm. It's a third chakra stone, which you'd see in third chakra if you were a regular energy healer. But if it's keeping you from being vulnerable, it the stone will will be in the fourth, uh, the third chakra body over the heart. And so there's that makes a, a, a three dimensional grid that a good um, a healer will be able to see. Okay, so I'm going to work the spin in three but then i'm going to go after this mass and try to lift after i work the spin i'm going to lift the mass out because if you don't lift the mass out then the then the dissonance in three spin is going to come right back in a day or a year or whatever because it's still got a stone in the third chakra body that's just a really short way to describe we have a whole other avenue for for emoto energetic healing with the idea of chakra bodies and how to see them with your third eye and what to do with them that identity mm -hmm. talks about mm -hmm. so another important um, way that all these um over the centuries the chakras since the self when they when they when they started revealing chakras way back when in a pre-psychological age no one would have thought that you could yourself work with the chakra system because the self was deemed way down low on the totem pole oh, of yeah. priorities after God and other, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, there's a good there's a good example of that, and it reminded me of what you said um, a moment ago about self and other. I've got to give a shout out here uh, to this amazing uh, being, and I'm going to name his name, Nick Tidyman, who uh, after listening to uh, one of our, who Nick has intuited the metaphysics and identity so deeply. With not much help uh and so um oftentimes we talk all the time and the other day he 
he uh, he had heard our podcast on the the ridiculousness of altruism. Mm-hmm. Oh, my needs are bad, but if I serve your needs, it's good. But your needs are bad, but if you serve mine, it's good. <laughs> this whole ridiculousness yeah. of, mm-hmm. um, and that there's always a reward, uh, self-interest in anything you do for someone else, which undermines altruism's most holy status right then and there. Mm-hmm. Anyway. He, he he was he happened to be reading a science uh, science project basically was some some uh, biologists I guess were um, were working with uh, rats and uh, they found out they wired them up you know you see a lot of times in these kind of experiments experiences that experiments that the animal will learn to press a lever that gives them a shock of pleasure or a shock of pain right mm-hmm. well. <laughs> They trained the rats, according to this article that Nick read and wanted to pass on to you and I. Oh. Uh, according to this uh, uh, this experiment, the rats were trained to, as soon as they they brought they shared food with another rat, they didn't just gobble and push the other one out of the way, but they shared it. Uh-huh. They did that so they would get a shock of self pleasure. So they were they trained got, to be altruistic trained to be altruistic and what nick was so wonderful he said there's the proof that there's self-interest in altruism isn't that great because in order to do it they had to give yes. themselves they have to yes. give they had to give them something for it right exactly right like you said about sacrifice you know there was yeah. always a, a an deal. assumed sacrifice a deal a transaction yeah, yeah. i'm going to kill this goat god so you bless my crops right yeah. Um, it's always a give and take. It was never one sided. Mm-hmm. So uh, how could how this got twisted by uh, uh, Christian Catholic teaching Catholics mostly? But, but what I'm curious about, though, what was the scientific conclusion of that? What did they think that meant? Oh, other, than I, that was, other than it was cool. What, yeah. was, what was the point? I, I, I'm not. Nick didn't uh, mention what what their assumption was that this showed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, Nick re- knew right away what it showed from Nudenity's point of view. So I thought it was that's as far as I got. Yeah. Anyway, uh, shout out for Nick, um, this amazing guy who uh, has intuited so much of what identity is and just needed some v- uh, words and phrases and uh, pictures to um, give his life uh, another yeah. little twist. And, well, yeah, thank you, Nick. And, and that reminds me of um, I recently someone who uh, I've known and served for a, a little while. Um, I can't remember if I told her about the podcast or uh, she discovered it herself. Um, but uh, I was I can't remember if I may have brought this up on the podcast before. Forgive me. I can't remember, but um, said uh, wrote a few paragraphs to me in an email about the podcast and what I found so remarkable that I want to say out loud here is, of course, there's the uniqueness of every person, but there's something so interesting about how people say the same thing, more or less, when they discover identity. Uh, Things like you're putting words to something I've always felt or seen, or um, Mm -hmm. there's this sense of like having found something that they maybe didn't even know they were looking for. Yes, and right. I'm sure you've heard more of these than I have, but it's so cool. Every time there's that sort of, it's like a moment of recognition, like a soul level recognition of like, oh, this makes sense. I didn't even know I was looking for this, or I was looking for this, but I didn't know it was this. Or, and right. um, uh, you know, Nick is someone who's very much internalized that and lives that yes. way. And so I just yes. want to say that out loud here because if you know if you have been listening to this order to this in order and you've gotten 41 episodes in. 
um, you're probably one of those people. So um, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Um, if it, it's, you know, identity helps people make sense of the way they already process reality for the most part. It's not, it's like in one way it's totally new and another way people are sort of their soul nods is like, oh yeah, obviously, obviously, obviously they just didn't have the words. And to me, that's some of the best validation there is of the paradigm when there's a sort of like extraordinariness and also ordinariness. Like, of course that makes sense. And that's what yeah. real truth should be like. Yes. Recognition uh, that that comes out of you in response yeah. to something as opposed to belief ahead of time. And right. that's what Socrates taught, right? Like if it's really essentially true, right. then it should be a rediscovery, a recognition, not a teaching thing. Exactly right. He deduced out of you mm -hmm. unmindfully. That's yeah. the real McCoy then. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk just an, another few minutes about energy healing, then we'll s leave the last part for soul species here. Oh, uh, okay. uh, Identities uh, offers its own version of uh, I-Core-based um, uh, subtle healing, not energy healing, we don't call it. It's av Avra Prana, I've, I've called it over the years. And I just want to name the, the, the seven dimensions to Avrapranic work that it works with. There's um, there's front and back. Wait now, one, four, and three. Yeah, there's front and back, left and right, uh, relative to the body, and inside the body there are three zones. That's seven. In other words, uh, front and back. The front is is always treated in, in Avraprana as as issues with the. Um, the your personal life the one that's coming at you locally your soul life is behind you that's the that's coming through your yangic uh, chakras from the back forward and being informed by the yinic chakras coming into you from the front so you the instrument in, in, information stream is coming in two four and six according to their themes creates a conversation with the soul and the soul answers by moving one, three, five, and seven in some way, informing, talking back that way. And so front and back, soul in the back, the soul eye in the back, the body eye in the body mind eye in the front. And um, that's two zones. Left and right, yin, the left side of the body is the yin side, the right side of the body is the yang side, meaning prana moves up the left side uh over the arcs over the top and outside out goes out the right foot in in, in the left foot makes that circuit and that's that's uh, four four planes and then for actually solving and healing things um it identifies the head anything going on with the head headaches dizia dementia uh, migraines um, uh, eye problems anything in the head involves an issue from the past that needs to be worked on mm -hmm. chakrally. Anything between the neck and the hips is in the present. Um, so if you have pancreatic cancer, um, something in the present uh, that was unresolved in your emoto spiritual uh, uh, soulfulness was blocked severely that it can't provide uh, um, either too much insulin, too little insulin, whatever. And anything below from the hips and below, the waist and below, is the future. So if you have a bad lay, a bad knee or a cancer in the leg, uh, in the, uh, uh, say a bone cancer in the tibia or the humerus, uh, not the 
in the tibia, let's say. Sorry? Femur. The femur. Yeah. Right. Um, you've got it. You're you're afraid to walk into some future. So between past, present, and future and those zones of the physical body, uh, which is um uh chakra body one, the left and right, uh yin and yang, and the um uh front and back soul and local incarnated self you've got this whole system that all works in play and that a good avapranist will you utilize all those dimensions with chakra um, uh, um, perceptions and helping to heal the downline um, diseases and issues that are plaguing your life well i was going to ask you about this anyway but here's an opportunity for a live demo would you like okay. to read out what's going on with my sprained left wrist? Oh, sure. That's I'm pretty an easy sure. One. I, I, it's the the heart line is in, in acupuncture is on the ulnar side, and I'm pretty sure it's the TFL, the triangular little thing on that side, right. so, which which in, which which enervates the ring finger. Yes. Yeah. Which which is why we put our, our wedding rings on that left right. finger. Both of those two fingers. Yeah. But yes. so. I sprained it about a month ago, and it's uh, added to a list of other left side problems I've had, left shoulder problems, left knee problems. Um, uh, interestingly, I have a right SI joint issue going on right now, but the oh, the wrist okay. has been a tough one. You want to weigh yeah. in on that? Let's, yeah. Um, in this case, uh, it's interesting because the arms are, 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 are rooted in the shoulders, and the shoulders are just below the line of the of the neck where the past moves into the present. So arms activate our relationship with the present. Arms activate. Now it's interesting. Uh, the hand is what has is most um, proximal to this world uh, yes. because it, it not only can you you when you reach for something it's the hand that contacts it first right mm -hmm. the arm is just the tube that connects the hand to the most definite contact with reality right so in that case um the at the junction of the hand and the show and the arm what what's happening here is that your yin yeah your yin aspects have been underutilized uh, in your life. A, a lot of them had to do uh, with um, third eye sensitivity, but a blocked fourth, which all of our defenses do. And so in your case, it, there must have been some specificity where the yin version of you couldn't grab reality very easily. Huh. Uh -huh. right? And so that's why you're having difficulties with it because the um, what happened since 2012 is... Um, the yangic dynamics of our world have has been rugs been pulled out from under and the yins before that were underindulged yangic ones right side was overindulged and so when that's being pulled away the first thing the yang yang will do is overcompensate with the right overcompensate and then as it gradually gets withdrawn the the left hand metaphorically is now the one starting to move with reality, but it's it's untrained. It doesn't have good muscular, um, uh, metaphorically muscular uh, things to grab like the right hand did. Yeah. So your own personal emotional spiritual growth 
has has um, revealed your the inside much more with four, which governs uh, the the now now yeah. the present the present not the now the present, um, and so when that translates to your interface with reality, uh, the very root of what grabs life is going to be a little tender, and it's going to need some some growing pains to be able to be able to interface with reality that way. And the fact that you say your whole left side is semi-affected that way. It's because of your success in healing protection such that your left side yin vulnerability is more rawly exposed to the elements. Mm. And it's and it's newly attempts to grab, to move the leg, to go forward into a future. These are all tenuous and you're going to, it's more easily injurable. Mm -hmm. That's just the first uh, iteration. Eventually, though, all you're doing with those injuries is showing, oh, it's starting to animate. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It'll all pass through after that. So uh, if I could grab hold of your, um, you know, gently not grab, if I could <laughs> hold your left wrist and find uh, the voice, here's what we would do in Avaprana. I would put my own absorbing left hand on, on Joseph's wrist and try to feel uh, the voice of it. Then I might give some leading questions. Uh, Joseph, right this moment, feel what I'm holding there. If only fill in the blank. And then Joseph would, would tune in at that at the injury there or the pain and see if it if a voice would follow up. Oh, I got blank. it. If if only life were safe enough to live with an open heart. And there you just headlined it right there. Um, it's that simple, straightforward, but You've got to be armed with these kinds of um, knowledges to be able to serve. So look what we just did. A very simple thing that exposed exactly what what issue has been um, operating with Joseph these days. If only life could be uh, could could work uh, more open heartedly. Yeah. So that's there's the voice of the injury. I would I would lastly, I would have Joseph um, uh, answer. Oh, it can. You just don't have much practice. Yeah. And put his right hand over that left hand and use his own love to assure that aspect that it is possible and see what happens to the uh, physical downline of that. Everything's emotional, spiritual first, then it's energy, or it's ichoric, then it's energy, then it's matter. In this case, the wrist is the injured wrist is matter. But it's subsumed by, or it's um, upstream of it is energy, and upstream of that is ichor. So if you put ichor through its paces, express it as energy, deliver it to a certain site, um, you're giving um, literally God-centered love to that pain and that that particular issue. So Thank there's you. a good example. Thank you for asking, because sure. that was a live um, one and just shows how much. Your work has been successful. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you know what I heard on the podcast today? The more good work you do, the more uh, injured you get, the more hurt you get, yeah. the more, you know, I just heard someone out there in Third Island. Yeah, sure. Uh, heard that. Well, as a related, um, related to that, it's, um, it's forced me to outsource all of the yard work around my house, mm -hmm. which was something I occasionally thought about. I enjoy it, but it's also a lot. And so it's forced me to basically drop all of it. And that's been kind of good in some ways. It's gotten me to focus more on my work in some different ways. And um, yeah, I, I don't know how much I would go back to. I would continue to outsource a lot of it. So it seemed to be 
it was also mm -hmm. there was a lesson in there of uh, I need to be doing less and spreading myself less than um, but uh. it also sucks because I can't play guitar I can't I can't do a lot of things but it's making me slow down and do less and uh, and if I try to do too much and compensate with my right hand, then my right wrist starts to hurt because taking <laughs> sure. twice the stuff. Well, and, well, well let, let me match your courage here in, in, in wanting an on-air diagnosis and treatment uh, mm -hmm. plan. Um, I, on my side, I've been sickeningly healthy my whole life. Um, I've, I've never been, I've never had an equation to go to a hospital except for a car accident that broke my left shoulder, uh, not a, not an open break, just a um, a fuse. It was still the the head of the humerus didn't break open. It just got a big crack in it. Mm. <clears throat> that was the only time I was ever in a hospital. I've had all my childhood diseases, but as an adult, I I get the flu once every eight years or ten years, and just crazy healthy. But all this uh, recent work that I've been doing with my inside coming into my uh, from spirit uh, domains to my human. Um, my right shoulder, I was doing some, uh, we get, 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 sit, you push your knees on the floor and your left hand on the floor, and then you get a, a hand weight and you, and you do this with it. Um, it exercises the That's delta. A, a bent over row, a dumbbell yes. bent over row. Yeah. There you go. I did that and which I've been doing for years and years. And all of a sudden I felt a little pop huh. and I've been in agony ever since. Mm. And this is this is my yang side who has been undermined by my recent work and the root of the right yangic arm that grabs reality, the root of it, not downline in some of the ex forms and expressions of it. It was a here's the the essence, the elbow problems with the elbow would be the form and problems with the hand or the wrist at the junction here or the form and the expression. So. The root of my whole yang's relationship with the present is mm -hmm. undermined, is 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 uh, um, uh, marginalized. So I'm walking around doing a lot more left-handed um, activities uh -huh. uh, than, than right-handed because I can't get my elbow above the plane of uh, parallel to the earth. I can't mm -hmm. get it above it without terrible pain. So I'm going, it's been there a month. I'm going to go in and see if I make sure I didn't do a little tear uh, there, which happens because I, for 30 years, I was throwing baseballs and footballs with my right arm. And I yeah. wouldn't surprise me if I had a, if I had a little bit of a strain there, but there's another avarpranic example that I realized within a day of it happening. Why is this happening? Well, when you have these zones, uh, uh, you can literally map why what issue is going on that is causing the the uh, pain or the disablement in a particular body spot mm. so um well we've only got a few moments left here i can't squeeze soul species and we're going to do after the couple yeah. thing, we'll uh we'll do a whole a whole podcast on soul species well, you want to go to couples next and then go back to creation relationality and do soul species yes all right um, I can't. I can't squeeze in the next ten minutes. Oh uh, no! Soul species so, is an entire episode. If we really yeah, want to do it right, you bet. So um, I'd like to just um, end with something that <clears throat> recently, uh, you know, in the last year anyway, uh, has come to light for me. Is this this um, worldwide meme of "Let go, let God"? Mm -hmm. uh, it's really an interesting one, um, and a lot of people 
are using it as a um, release kind of dynamic. When you're over and over over invested in an outcome or over invested in something you want, breathe, let go, let God. In other words, let go of your over grip to a situation or uh, that you want or think you need, um, and let God take care of it. This is really interesting because. Um, what this does is bypass w- why you overgripped in the first place, yeah. which is always an, emoto, an, an emotional issue. So letting go like God bypasses that. It says, okay, God, you take care of this. But, um, but the curiosity should be in, why did I overgrip it in the first place? Mm. Not, and then you want to treat it with God release? That's not the way divine beings work. We have to solve our problems in our local version of ourselves we can't let god doesn't save us so let go let god is a i like it in one sense because it's knocking on the door of something but to walk into the room with the door that says let go let god if you actually walk into that room i just want to pass on for testing for people who are listening today change that to from let go let god to let go let love Mm. now and that's is all turns back to the i-core uh we talked about in the beginning which is we could say how we experience i-core is love uh and that if you let go let love can you feel the difference joseph between let go let god well there's far more personal responsibility in it that's how so that's me well, also. because let God could be, uh, you know, a surrendering of personal will. Like, uh-huh. I've got nothing to do with this. But with uh-huh. love, it's like, okay, well, how am I aligned with love? How am I expressing love? How open is my heart? Um, you know, it, there, there's still a human interest and there's still the use of free will involved as opposed to let uh-huh. God as if, you know, let go, let God negativizes the self. Yes. And that's why it's so popular because that's what we've always gotten is yeah. that, the, that the personal is not part of spirit intrinsically, intrinsically. Yeah. Yeah. So you're exactly, I love how you put that. Let go, let love keeps the issue with you, but allows you room. If you let bring love into the thing that you just, you're so frustrated, you can't, uh, that you're over gripping it. You let love in and it will illuminate for you fairly directly why you're over gripping in the first place whereas if you let go let god maybe god's smiling at you that day and says okay i'll give you this information but it wants us to find that ourselves and then it likes to confirm it likes to confirm things rather than tell us give us things because it's being a good parent it wants us to actually learn for ourselves so it can learn about itself, as we've said in other earlier podcasts. Yeah. So I'd like to just reframe that and urge everyone to try whenever you're overinvested in something or tense or worrying or um, under stress. Let go, let love. When I when I did it the first time, this and I, I only learned this in my transition, um, Joseph, from my spirit being translating now finally into my human being. So I translated my let go, let God into let go, let love. And all of a sudden, I can work far more with why I'm over-invested in any one moment's content. Uh, um, uh, I can find out why. So it brings us back to ourselves, as you said, and actually gives us room to feel it out. 
yeah. first and then figure it out. That's the salute. That's the sequence. Feel it out. Feel it in. Figure it out. <laughs> nice. Feel it inward. Feel it. Figure it outward. Um, if you do it in that sequence, following um, "Let Go, Let Love," is far more um, uh, uh, impactful on a solution rather than just a a form of transcendence, which yeah. "Let Go, Let God" is right. Yeah. So, "Let Go, Let God." Last point is old paradigm. Uh, let go, let love, I would like to offer and invite you to test uh, is new paradigm. Take a run at it and see what it might give you. And one day if Joseph gets enough requests and we have a call in, you can tell us. Uh, yeah. Let go, let love uh, change things for you. Yeah. You can call in okay. and bring your injuries and get them read out. There you go. Your soul species or any number of things. Yeah, maybe we'll do that Absolutely. one day. We'll see. Oh, I, would, I so would love to. Use Zoom for a really a really good end, right? Yes, for sure. Well, there's a whole other app we would have to use if we want yes. to start taking calls in. But we'd love to okay. have that problem. Yes. But thank you, Stace. Thank you, listeners. And uh, we're um, uh, this is not it's it's two days before Christmas. I was going to say happy holidays to people. By the time you hear this, the holidays will all be <laughs> over. I hope you had great holidays. <laughs> well, really, it'll be even after the after New Year's Day. Yeah, this will be published two weeks. This will be uh, okay. like uh, right. January whatever six, whatever that Friday is. So um, enjoy. Oh, wait, wait, what? what? No, I just changed my mind. What? Let's stay with creation relation. We'll do soul species next time, okay. and then go into couplehood. Yeah. Okay. That's right. that was what made sense to me, but your, it was your call. So tune right, in next Joe. time for the very sexy, fun topic of uh, soul species. And uh, until then, we wish you well on your journey. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. To learn more about Stace Barron and Identity, please visit identity.org. To learn more about Joseph Shapiro, visit clearandopen.com. Until next time, we wish you well on your journey.